Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. How was your evening last night? What did you get up to, Lucky? Uh, hockey, of course, because that's what we basically do every night. But uh, on the ice with the kids, too. And a little skate around, trying to get some exercise. Moving around a little bit. Took the dog for a long walk yesterday. Well, I got to fake another test with Dr. Downer in, the, in a few months, right? Oh, do so. you? <laughs> so is it every night of the week hockey? Is it like uh, seven nights a week? No, there's there's usually one night off. One night but, off. But between the two boys. I mean, you know, they're not each on every night, but sometimes it flips back and forth. And how old are the two of them now? 14 and 12. Do you sense it? either yeah, of them like are fading on it? Or do they still seem to both be totally into it? Um, I, I, I don't think, I wouldn't say fading. I think they, they they just enjoy the game. I don't think there's the the drive that we're going to make the NHL or anything like that. It's more just, and, and in some sense, it's just the camaraderie of it, too. So can't they enjoy House League at this stage? <laughs> well, I think they, they like playing or seeing their friends as much as they do. And in many senses, it's it's the outlet, too, right? Mm. And having been through that crap for a couple of years where they couldn't, and, you know, I let him enjoy it. Yeah, yeah sure. $50,000 enjoyment. That yeah. seems <laughs> not quite well worth it. They feels could, like it at times. I know. They could go hang out in a park with their friends, too. Right. It would be just as easy. You know what? Oh, you know, it's funny. I, I was thinking of you yesterday because this would have driven you nuts. I was watching um, probably hockey. Uh, there's something on TV. I really am signing you up with a therapist. And, uh, you well, help. And a, so a commercial came on. And it was for a bank, and they were talking about uh, money saving goals and 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 money planning goals. And of course, that is a hot topic this time because with interest rates going where they are, prices of everything going where they are, and salaries going down or not going anywhere, uh, people are obviously feeling the pinch. Um, but this money planning goal driven bank commercial. Starred Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. who, who of anyone in this country has no real goal setting needs or financial planning needs other than, you know, how many vaults to store it all in. I mean, they could have picked anybody, just a Joe Blow, yep. a beer league hockey player, someone that people could really associate with. But you're showing this, me this commercial trying to advertise your, you know, invested in financial planning. I mean, my God, please don't show Connor McDavid in that. Well, point. you know why. Because he leads the cult. <laughs> right. He's the head of the cult. He's the Jim Jones of the, <laughs> of Canada. You know, we can, we, we, we don't believe in any of our leaders. We don't believe in any of our politicians. We don't believe of anybody doing any good on any level. We don't have any trust in anybody. But we trust a hockey player. He so, loves like, us to hockey. He player. didn't have any like lines, of course. There's a, nothing to say. Just appear in it, mm. and you know, probably it, pocketed a boatload of money. And that's it. And really, why, there, there are so many, and many banks will just have you know a common couple looking to set their goals or whatever it is. Uh, but I just found it so funny that they would use. Connor McDavid in an investment planning commercial. Well, I guess he's got a lot of money that he needs to figure out how to invest. But for the main part, most part, I look at it and go, well, you know, he's not the one who's flipping penny pinching right now. Ask Connor McDavid to spell bank. (laughs) Even if you spotted him the B and the K. 
Honestly, <laughs> ask him. Next time you see him, and I know you will, when you're sharing a hotel room with him, ask him to spell bank. I guarantee you he can't. 100%. <sighs> okay, so I saw something last night that you must watch. Okay. Uh, do you have Paramount Plus? No. Okay, forget it. We were just talking about the cost of everything going up and a new survey Talk to people about the latest thing to become way too expensive and uh, fun. All the fun. Just too expensive. Mm. Live concerts, movie, uh, going to the movies, anything that is uh, social and entertaining and fun is uh, gone way up. And a quarter of Gen Z's, Gen Zers, say everything fun has surged in price since the pandemic. Theme parks, uh, theater, uh, theater shows, live comedy, sporting events, carnivals, fairs, all that stuff. So Gen Zers are cutting back on dining out, but they're also selling off their, their stuff. They're taking on additional work. They're borrowing from their savings. They're taking on credit card debt and selling clothes and other belongings just to have fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more of, uh, of people who I guess had season tickets for, for certain sporting events who are selling off certainly shows that they can't go to or one of the games that they can't go to mm-hmm. or just making a uh, maybe a concerted effort to, hey, let's sell off a few of them and offset uh, some of what we have. We've seen that um, certainly with you know, Leafs and Generals and Senators and all over. People are doing that. We've seen, uh, I know at the NHL level, some really low attendance and, and like scary low. Uh, Montreal played in Buffalo last night and, you know, their capacity is around 20,000. They're getting crowds of like 13, 14, 15,000. Winnipeg getting the same and people are just, you know, really tight on the budget and tough to uh, justify some expenses sometimes. Well, you certainly see it with concerts when people are paying $20,000 to see Taylor Swift. Right. You know. It, uh, it's changed a little bit from when I first bought a concert ticket for $15. Yeah. Well, the average ticket price has gone up uh, at those venues first. And then, you know, the res- resale value is just ridiculous. Well, and it's part of the problem, too, is it's the whole evening around a night out for a concert. Yeah. You know, it's like when you go on vacation and you start saying to yourself and justifying, well, we're away, so we'll go out for a nice dinner or we'll do this or we'll do that. And so when you uh, buy tickets for a concert, now it's, well, we'll get downtown a little early and we'll uh, we'll grab dinner. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a uh, 100 bucks or 150 bucks and then the parking and then the drinks and the. So even if you spend a couple of hundred dollars on your tickets, two to three to four hundred dollars, uh, you know, you're spending another two to three hundred dollars on the evening around it. So. Mm hmm. Are you wearing a hockey? Is that a hockey night in Canada? Yes. I just realized in the last ha- last half hour, between talking about your kids in hockey, right? Your uh, hockey uh, uh, with Ottawa, Buffalo, and Montreal. Yeah. And now you, I, I am, I am seriously gonna, <laughs> I, I am going to have somebody cart you away. You, like, it has gotten out of control. Oh, how goodness. insane your addiction is! It's. I oh, mean, we were just talking about. I, here's the thing. No, no, but I know. But you immediately went to hockey. Well, yeah, I just happen to know attendance numbers in hockey. I. Okay, well, there's a problem. When somebody knows attendance numbers in hockey, that's a problem. 
When a guy can rhyme off how numbers are low in Buffalo, that's a problem. And what I need you to do right now, I'll, I'll join you. Sure. Hi, I'm Craig Venn. I drink too much. Say it. Hi, Hi. I'm Mike Luck. I'm, I'm Mike way Luck. too much into hockey. I'm too much into hockey, according to a drunk Craig Venn. No. I'm, well, I'm semi-sober right now. I'm probably just wearing it off, but... No, no, I want you to be honest about it. Right. Hi, I'm Craig Venn. I drink too much. But I don't think so. You don't think you're way into hockey too much? Well, a part of it is is work. Okay. Yes. But before this became a thing with the NHL, right. it was really too much. Like, I don't go to a lot of hockey games. But how much hockey... Okay, between the highlights you sit here and watch all morning... Right. And the hockey you watch at night... Uh-huh. And the hockey you go to with your kids... Right. Well, I mean, the kids is different. No, it's not. It's all part of the same bubble of the cult. Do you not? Do you not see there's a problem? Uh, no, I don't see it as a problem. I see others who who, who spend way too much on it. And think, boy, that's a problem. Who's and spending way more? Like, on like those who are going are. to watch uh, the Leafs and, okay, and. But you go for free, right? And and I don't go. You know the funny thing is, I, like I dreamed of years of having a pass that could get me into <laughs> Maple Leaf Gardens when I was a kid, Scotia Bank or whatever. Let's look at that. Right. You dreamed for years of having a pass to get you. Well, to I could go to hockey games. Most, yeah. Uh, dreaming of a pass to go to hockey right. games. Most young men dream of having sex. <laughs> You dreamed of going to hockey games, and yet you still don't see it as a problem. That is the first sign. Believe that me, I a dreamed problem. of the other stuff too. No, I don't think so. You you dreamed of having sex with a hockey player. Oh, I'm making my way to KFC very very soon. KFC has announced they're bringing back their wraps, but this wrap sounds amazing. It's the mac and cheese wrap. A piece of fried chicken wrapped up with their cheddar macaroni and cheese and finished with more cheese because, of course, that's what you need. <laughs> mm. KFC and mac and cheese. Can you dip that in gravy, too? It, oh, you should. You Come on. Too. Pour a little gravy on before each bite. KFC was such a staple in uh, in uh, in the Venn home when I was a kid, especially in the summertime and especially on Sundays. It seemed like... Friday night was pizza night, and Sunday night was KFC night. Mm. And uh, certainly when we would go up uh, to a Wasega Beach or Woodland Beach, um, get up in the morning and go up on a, a Sunday and uh, hang out there for the, for the day, and then on our way home, pick up the KFC. And I just remember the lineup outside of the KFC in Belgium oh, yeah. when I was a kid. It would be just packed and insanely busy. And then Swiss Chalet showed up. And and I remember that being then our go-to. Oh, really? And there was one in Brampton. Uh, yeah, the first one. I think it's still in the same location it was when I was, whenever they arrived, when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And I remember going in with my dad, and they they still had, like, the takeout area or the dining area. And the guy that ran the takeout area always had a incredible big smile on his face and my dad used to say because this a-hole owns the place that's why he's that's why he's always so happy my father didn't like anybody else's success why is he so happy i followed in his footsteps
<laughs> Anyhow, yeah, I just remember a KFC being such a staple. Oh, for sure. It was for us, too. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Your parents loved it? Loved it. Still yeah. do. I mean, <laughs> and they still complain that, you know, Toonie Tuesday, which would be, <laughs> is no longer a Toonie. <laughs> but it's also one of those things, it, it's, it's international, right? Yeah. That's you know, right. You go to, you can go anywhere and get KFC. True. When the uh, when the lovely Maria and I first started dating, she worked at a KFC, so that only added to my addiction. And I remember we used to grab it and go out to the uh, drive-in out at the uh, the four hundred and twenty-seven or something like that, somewhere out there around the near the four hundred. Um, and uh, we'd grab buckets of chicken and fries and gravy and just yeah. go to town. Yeah, and it, it was it's funny that that bucket became a picnic meal. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's—I never liked it cold. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I could eat it. But yeah, yeah it would, yeah, that would become a staple. Let's grab a bucket of chicken, let it steam for a few hours while we drive to wherever we're going, and and that would be like camping and yeah. picnics. Be KFC. It seemed too that, uh, and I don't know if this was planned or not, but there would always be a beer store and a KFC very close to it. <laughs> it was your dinner: a bucket of chicken and a case of beer. A lot of people will spend a lot of time mocking Gen Zs and for their their weakness and their thin skin. We do it to millennials, uh, and now Gen C uh, Gen Z seems to be the next uh, target. That's because now Gen Zers were born between 1997 and uh, 2012, so they're anywhere between like 11 and 26 years of age. Mm. So they're you know finishing up university and getting into the workforce, and of course we. Hear a lot of the woke movement and how uh, everybody is so quick to pounce on anybody who um, you know doesn't see things the same way they do. But the other thing that Gen Zs get labeled for, and it's not all of them. Look, I've got, uh, I guess my boys are millennials. Uh, oh, my youngest, I guess, is a Gen Z, and my oldest would be a millennial, just yeah. kind of on either side of that. With Gen X, yeah. Um, no, we'd be you and I are Gen yeah. X. You, because Gen X is 65 to 1980. Is it, is it what it is? Okay. Yeah, millennials are 81 to 96, and then uh, Gen Z are 97 to 2012. And, yes, you know, certainly there's a, a lot of them, and I think we see and hear more about them because of social media. So they've got a platform to, you know, air their complaints. But, and this isn't everybody, both of my boys have full-time jobs and they work and they pay their bills and all of that stuff, but this is just a great example of Gen Z and where they're at. This woman decided she had to share on uh, social media, of course, uh, working nine to five, how difficult it is, <laughs> because nobody before her generation right. ever worked nine to five. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college. And I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table. Like, duh, if I was able to walk to work and it would be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me like I leave here, like I get on the train at 730 and I don't get home till like 615 earliest. And then like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower, eat my dinner, and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook by dinner either. Like, I don't have energy to work out. Like, that's out the window. Like, I'm so upset. Oh, my God. 
had nothing to do with my job at all, but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy. Being in the office nine to five, like if it was remote, you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine. But like I'm not home. It takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office, like it doesn't you don't get off at five. And I know it could be worse. I know I could be working longer, but like I literally get off, it's pitch black, like I don't have energy. How do you have friends? Like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all emotional but like am i so dramatic it's fine yeah yeah right it's not fine it is dramatic and i love how when they always start out maybe i'm being a little dramatic no you are yeah that that is usually a first sign um (laughs) and, and it is. It does amaze me in some senses because they did go through school, mm-hmm. and you know the, the school, while it might all, not always be nine to five, does have set hours. And they had parents who probably worked. They would have seen that growing up. No, they don't notice that. I guess. So. And, and that is that's I think one of the faults of uh, of the generation, or perhaps just the young people in general. And maybe we don't don't show them enough of it. Um, in that, you know, they don't notice the surroundings or what's around them. Well, their heads are in their phone. Exactly, because it's buried all the time. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I like, I keep trying to impart to my boys, and it's tougher because our hours are not nine to five. They're the opposite, five to nine. Um, and so they see me around a lot. Hmm. Um, and even the jobs that I do to them probably don't seem like work, but there's a commitment to it. There is work to it, and there's a lot that goes on in order to get to this that they didn't know. Yeah, I, you know, it. Um, I think our generation, and listen, we're no saints. I remember that my watching my parents and seeing my father get up every morning and put on a suit in the dead of summer and go and get in a car with no air conditioning and drive around and do his salesman job. And I, and I heard my parents constantly talking about saving to do this, that, or the other thing. And, uh, our children haven't learned that from us. Mm. Everything they've seen just shows up. It goes on credit cards. It goes on lines of credit. Uh, I'm sure your boys have never, and my boys never saw it either. They probably never saw you sit at the table scrubbing your head wondering how am I going to pay for something. Mm. They've never seen it. They yeah. don't know. Well, and they don't, and, uh, and so, they don't understand why their kids are miserable or why, why parents are miserable. Mm. <laughs> and that's a lot of it <laughs> because they're working hard and at the end of the day still trying to yeah. figure out how the hell to pay for everything. But, but we never share with our kids. Like you have a, a, a new minivan. The, When I was a kid, if my parents were buying a new car, that would have been, like, uh, uh, unbelievable. Oh, no. I I tell my kids about that. I I often give my kids a dose of reality. Mm. Or at least I want them, and and this is a big thing for me, is want them to appreciate Mm. um, or at least have recognition. That's good. Of what's going on. And and I've said this before. I'm one. That have has been afforded a lot of things in my life, and I understand it. I'm I'm an only child and the son of a doctor. And, and what would happen is right away people would meet me and be like, "Oh well, you know," they would have a predisposed disposition of what I should be like because I'm an only child. Um, and and spoiled would come to mind. But to me, spoiled, um, well, yes, you can get a lot of things if you don't appreciate them. 
then you are spoiled. And you don't appreciate what goes into getting them for you. I mean, my dad had to work his way here literally. Mm. And, you know, I, I often appreciate I'm one step away from a shanty somewhere in the Caribbean <laughs> had he not made that move. Right. Uh, and so, you know, uh, as uh, the things that I enjoy, I appreciate what he had to do to get them for me. And I want to make sure that my boys understand that all of these luxuries that they get, the nice things that they get, they hear it all the time, mm. that these don't come for free. There's a price to them, and they need to appreciate what's gone into getting. The problem is, yeah, I guess once it becomes uh, another generation, uh, they'll hear it, but there's no pi- uh, price that they'll actually ever pay. Right. Right. You're right. I mean, their their life will be their life. They'll go on to university and they'll do whatever they do. And part and of it will is... be afforded to them through your father and inheritance and all like that. Like we said before, though, is that they don't, uh, for many, they don't look up out of their phones. Mm. And they don't. And, and it's not helpful that what they see on their phones are people making ridiculous amounts of right. money for doing very little. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting clicks and likes and that it's a reality that isn't real for so many. It's it's funny. I uh, I've noticed recently and I uh, it's it's amazing how you'll click on something and then that's all you'll get. For example, on uh, X at one point I must have clicked on a fight. Mm. And now that's all I get on X is videos of people having street fights. And on Facebook, I must have clicked on some uh, celebrity's home. Right. Now all I get is reels of celebrities' homes. Yeah. And so that's the stuff that kills us. Because if you're struggling, having a tough time, your life isn't going the way you wished it had. Right. And now all you're getting, your algorithm on your social media is just showing you everybody else that has way more than you. Right. Well, and, and from, you know, I can tell you from the kids' perspective, like my kids when they were young, and this happens a lot, watched a thing called Dude Perfect. Mm. There's a bunch of dudes uh, that got together and, and would have like, uh, play games with mm. each other. They have like nerf fights. Well, these guys ended up buying a massive facility and mansions all based on the clicks and the likes that they got mm. through social media. Yeah. And, you know, when you see that, a kid will look at it and go, well, man, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can make money doing that. And the answer is no <laughs> for 99% of the yeah. people. Well, it's it's like podcasting, right? How many people do we yeah. know in this industry who now think, well, I'm just going to podcast and I'll make a fortune? Right. You know, there's a handful of people. Yeah. There's your Conan O'Briens and, a, you know, there's your Mark Marins. Joe and, Rogans and that, yeah. Yeah, who are making all the money and the rest of us not. But we see one person doing very well at it and, yeah. Anyhow, that nine to five, I never heard of that. <laughs> I mean, I've never personally done it, so I don't know. Well, wouldn't it be great to be debt-free? Yeah, I play uh, Lotterio every week. As I've uh, explained in the past, that sure, the idea of winning $70 million or $40 million or $30 million seems great. Of mm. course, amazing. But sometimes I look at that Lotterio and it's like two, four, five, seven dollars $700,000. <laughs> and I just think... With seven hundred grand, right, I could be debt free, and nobody could come and ask me for anything. <laughs> That's true. There's an anonymity in it. Yeah, like your family 
you know, you'd, you'd, you'd tell family, you'd say, I can't believe this. I won $700,000. Yeah. And they would applaud you. They'd yeah. go, Oh my God, that's amazing. What yeah. are you going to do with the money? Well, and that's it. You win 700 grand. Everyone's expecting you to take care of you. Yes. You win 70 million and everyone's expecting you to take care of them. Here's the difference. I win 700 grand. I'm telling family and friends. I win 70 million. I'm telling nobody. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> I just think I I really believe it would be a horror show. I, I you know, of course, I'd like to give it a try. We all would, but I I, I just think it would be so overwhelmingly insane. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, life changing, but not necessarily in a good way for many. You know, no, who've gone through it. No, there have been some real hurdles in it, and you lose a lot of friendships. Oh, the jealousy would be off the charts, right? Off the charts. And that's only those that you can trust to still talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Look, even uh, within your immediate family, I mean, outside of your parents, which probably, if they're still around, you would obviously take care of. But think about siblings or cousins you were always close with. And I don't even know that some marriages could survive it. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. 700, 600, 500 grand always seems to me to be the, there's the, that's the sweet spot right there. Anyhow, what would, uh, what would you be willing to give up to be debt free if you couldn't win a lottery? And people were asked that, about a thousand people were asked. And they said they'd give up their car for a year to be debt free. Wow. I mean, some, that car is what's putting them in debt. Mm, true. Or one of the things contributing to their debt, especially if you've, reached above your means to keep up with the Joneses. Well, just the cost of upkeeping a car, you know, gasoline. Right. This is the first time in my life, and I've been doing this now for a while, where once uh, I am down like a quarter of a tank, like from full, I go right, I pop in and I fill it up. I went and filled yesterday, and the same kind of thing. I wouldn't normally fill. It wasn't even at like half yet. Yeah. And uh, and I thought, well, I'm you know what I'm I'm there, I'm close by, I'm stopping anyway. I might as well fill it up. Yeah, top her up. It's forty five dollars just to top it up. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh crap, I'm glad I did that now. Yeah, I mean, if you're burning um, ultra or or premium gas, and or you're diesel, pay, yeah, right, yeah. Which diesel was always the cheap one and not hasn't been for a long time. I got uh, I had a, a Volkswagen Jetta in the early two thousands. It was diesel. And, uh, I guess my last year of university, so it was a 99 to like 2000. And, um, and I used to be, I think, 45 cents a liter. Mm. For like 30 bucks, I could fill that up and drive a thousand kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. No, not anymore. But yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll always go in and, uh, you know, if it's down a quarter from them, and, you know, say so it, it, I guess you burn. Uh, less gas when it's topped up because the, you'll notice your gauge doesn't move for a while. And I think it's also better for your engine. And certainly in the winter months, you should never let your tank get too low because it's not good for the car. But yeah, it just feels good to go in and drop like 30 bucks. Yeah. Instead of, you know, 120 if you're bone dry. Yeah. Anyhow, um, people will be willing to give up their phone for a year. See, I think people would be more willing to give up the car than the phone. Do you think you could put the phone down? Like the phone is your whole world. Yeah, yeah. I, as much as I don't think I, you could, I could see people giving up their car. It's such a convenience to be able to walk out and do it. The phone is even more so. Yeah, uh, attached to everything we do, and not only for 
communicating, but, you know, turning lights on in your house yep. and, and, and keeping your schedule organized. Your alarm in the morning. Yep. Your pet. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> Sadly, some have had to do that. Me or the pooch to be debt-free? Bye-bye, pooch. No sex for a year to be debt-free. Well, I got married 31 years ago. <laughs> I gave up sex. <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> Trying to get sex is what caused a lot of your debt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we need a house? Okay, fine. Alcohol for two years? Wow, come on. Two years, no alcohol. Could you do it? Mm, I don't think I'd want to. No, but debt-free. How bad do you want to be debt-free? Well, here's the thing. I I gave up smoking, and I never thought I was going to give up smoking. Mm-hmm. So I think there comes a point. Like, even with my love of red wine, I, I know inevitably there's going to come a point where I'm going to have to probably put that down. Right. You know, it just it gets to a point where you either your doctor says, well, your <laughs> liver is going to explode, or you just realize, I can't live like this anymore. This is not, not healthy. <clears throat> uh, no traveling for a couple of years, no streaming. That'd be tough for a lot of people too. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, many need to do a real, we've said this before, just a real assessment of where all that money is going and, and whether or not some could be yeah. just, you know, <clears throat> taken out of the, of the rotation. Do you need to have all the streaming services at once? Once can you jump back and forth between the two of them? And, and as much as we said, we used to get five buck to death. Now it's 15 or 20 bucks to death. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think one thing certainly that's helped me is that I, I always look at it as a yearly expense, right? If I look at something, okay, oh, it's only five bucks a month. All right. But is it worth 60 bucks a year? Well, that's a good way to look right? at it. Right. Or, yeah. you know, okay, this thing's, it's going to cost 20 bucks a month uh, or 50 bucks a month to do that. Is that worth $600 a year? Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> to a good add one. that. Yep. No, that's a good way to do it. Um, <clears throat> well, I, you know, I say about alcohol and not being able to give that up. Is there something that you in your life are passionate about? Let's think about that for a second. <laughs> it's not your wife or kids. Golf. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to give up golf for a couple of years to be debt free? Uh, it would be tough, but I, I would say, pro- yes. I, you, if I had to, I would have to. Would you be willing, outside of play by play, because you make money from that, would you be willing to not watch any hockey or go to your kids' hockey? Right, yes. Like you take could? them out of hockey? Well, no, I mean, they would just go on, like Adrian would take, you wouldn't be involved. I mean, if I gave up the kids, I would be debt free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once it cause all your debt. Speaking of hockey, what did you say? Thirty-two games on tonight. You you you're not going to know what to do with yourself. It's you're going to get carpal tunnel with all no, the hockey. I, just, I don't need to watch any of that. I need to watch Ottawa and Pittsburgh. I'm calling them this weekend, so I'll be focused on that. Oh. But the uh, you're in Pittsburgh this weekend or yes, in Ottawa? In Pittsburgh. Yeah. When are you leaving? Friday. Are you here Friday? No. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> Another winter where I gotta carry your oh, slack. Oh my goodness. I don't care that you have side hustles, <laughs> but your side hustles better not affect me. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm going to make more money and now my responsibilities at the rock are your problem. That, that seems reasonable. Right. From the guy who takes every Friday off before vacation, too. 
When have I taken every Friday off before vacation? Right. Vacation is one thing. We right. all get vacation. I know, but you, you have a you side tack on the extra day. You have a side hustle. This is the guy who takes every long weekend, every long August weekend yes. off before a weekend in Quebec. To tack I don't, on the day. I don't judge you for that. That's your vacation. <laughs> this is a side hustle for you. This is extra money. And why? I'm using my vacation. But why is your side hustle my problem I'm not now? Say it, it is. Who's going to do your uh, Sunday morning show? Let's guess. <laughs> Let's think. Doug Elliott? No. <laughs> Lorianne? Not a chance. Lee Eckley? He doesn't know what a Sunday morning is. He's trying to get myself out of debt. That's not my problem. <laughs> your debt is not my problem. Sunday mornings this winter are going to be dead air. <laughs> again, once again, here's a guy who's calling a game on a Saturday night and needs uh-huh. 48 hours out. Uh-huh. You better come up with a way to get that voice. You, you, you better be doing voice tracks from Pittsburgh Saturday afternoon. That's all I can tell you. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.